Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny, and this is TKO. And this morning we're going to do um, a show on insurance and what's happening in Mendocino County, or not Mendocino County, California. Uh, one of the more incredible shows I did in June that got so much reaction, I got phone calls, I got Facebooked, was I had um, a show with Amy Bach. I'm going to see if Amy's there. Amy, are you there? I sure am. Good morning, Karen. Good Thanks morning. Thanks for having me back on. Well, I got to tell you, I had people calling me at home after the show. I had people stopping me in the streets after the show. Um, it was one of the most powerful shows I've done. And I just want to thank you so much because Amy Bach, who is with um, United Policyholders, it's a nonprofit in San Francisco, but they cover the whole country. Um, she is out on the air everywhere, and I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to help us educate us here in Mendocino County because um, somebody posted yesterday locally on one of the Facebook sites about he had just got canceled after 20 years with an insurance company, never had a claim, and just got got canceled and there by yesterday afternoon there were like 50 responses amy it's just off the wall crazy what's happening so i had you on in june and since then a couple of more com- companies have even pulled out of california not that they're not going to be writing not the other companies that said they weren't writing any new policies these companies just said man we're pulling out we're not doing anything we're pulling out the when you get renewed you're done right yeah. Yeah. So, so Karen, um, I mean, it is a, it's a really, um, unprecedented situation. You know, I've been, uh, an insurance consumer advocate since the 1980s and we've seen periods before where for various reasons, um, insurers and they do tend to have a herd mentality, H E R D, you know, like, yeah. As goes all states, so goes State Farm, so goes CSA, on and on. They do tend to kind of watch the, the smaller companies, watch the the market leaders, and when they make a move, very often you'll see the smaller companies doing the exact same thing, thinking, "What do they know? We don't know," and all that stuff. And you know, so so um, the you know competition doesn't always work for consumer insurance consumers the way it does in other areas, right? Because it's just a more complicated system, right? But um, in the in all these years uh, where we've seen a few little crises in the past, right? We saw in the 80s a lot of suddenly daycare centers, um, skating rinks, Boy Scouts uh, uh, saw their policies get canceled, non-renewed, uh, and there was what was called a, a, a liability insurance crisis. That resolved. We've seen um, the insurance industry talks about hard markets, meaning um, they'll say right now we're in a hard market, meaning that insurers' appetite for risk is down and prices are up, competition is down, options are down. But where we are now is is unchartered territory, and the impact on your residents is brutal. And I am so empathetic and I am really my I and my organization are working on all day, every day. What can we be doing to get things back on track for property owners here? Uh, Because it's just a really uh, it's just very, very uh, it's not it's not just unsettling. It's causing 
real panic. You know, well, I know that. And I just heard, I mean, we, we brought this up the last time you were on the air. We had, um, we only had 40 minutes and I couldn't take calls. And I do want to say, listeners, I brought Amy back on today because I've gotten so many questions and I can't answer them. I reference them to your website, but I do want to open up the lines. We're going to open up the lines about 9.30. Well, we'll open up the lines as soon as you and I get it prefaced to everything that I want to get out. Sure. And then I want people to have succinct questions. I'm not going to take, I want to get as many people in. So I want some succinct questions and concerns. No rambling. I'm pretty good about that, Amy. <laughs> no, I'm really good. I'm, that's one of the things I'm good at is, is getting information out and doing that. Um, but what I was going to say is that this has become, even since I talked to you last, this is, we've got the fires in Hawaii. We've got the Southern California flooding that's going on. We've got, you know, just the fires all over that are happening. So it's not, it's not just California and Florida's hitting it too. Um, it seems like it's becoming a real, and I hate to say this, but it's true. As the climate changes, things are going to get worse. And I don't know if we're prepared as a country to have all these individual, you know, commercial entities trying to cover it. Um, what, what do we say to, what do we say to people? What should we as consumers do to help you and to help ourselves? I guess that's what I want to know. Well, I think it's very important that your listeners, they get in touch with not just their state officials, not just their assembly and Senate representatives here in California, um, who of course are well aware of the problem, um, because a lot of them themselves have been dropped. You know, even elected officials are getting dropped. Um, but also that they contact their federal, their, their Congress and, and state, and I'm sorry, Congress and Senate, uh, senators, because we do need a federal solution. And it's going to be a heavy lift for a lot of reasons. Um, this is a national phenomenon that we're all in- experiencing. It's already hit Floridians very hard and Louisiana residents very, very hard. California is now having a, a crisis that, uh, that in it's regional. It's regional. Um, it's not, you know, not everybody in the state you know, is, has lost their insurance by uh, any means, but it's hitting people in, in wildfire prone areas like your amazingly beautiful region. Um, it's hitting those folks the hardest. Anyway, the point is that not only do we need a federal solution, and it is going to be heavy, heavy lift, not just because Congress is a little dysfunctional, a lot dysfunctional, um, but also because you've got a situation here where, where I'll just give you where, where there's a there's a there's a um, turf war going on between the federal, the feds, and the states about about ins- about this problem, right? Um, three years ago, the the uh, there's a federal insurance office within the U.S. Treasury that um, that was uh, that, and they have a an advice. It was created through the Dodd Frank bill in 2008 after the meltdown to say, well, yes, insur- states have been in charge of regulating insurance since the 40s, right? That that's it's been a long thing. Um, that's it's, um, but what the meltdown showed a lot of people was that the, that the, that state regulation alone is not enough to protect the American public about against things like the, the mortgage default, um, swaps and AIG having to be bailed out. 
And therefore, the federal government needs to be more involved because, of course, as we all know, home and property insurance is tied to people's mortgages, which is tied to their home ownership, which is tied to the most fundamental um, security that people need. Right. So we started to say, okay, the federal government has to be more involved. So they create this federal insurance office. So the federal insurance office about three years ago, in response to a letter from our Senator Dianne Feinstein that my organization helped helped sort of push to, to, to get her attention on this, which was, okay, FIO, the federal office, you need to do a national data call. Let's see where people, what parts of the country, um, where, 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 what are the parts of the country where people are losing their insurance or where insurance prices are, are doubling and tripling, where people need our help? It is related to climate change. So this is sort of a, an early, like, you know, your, your, excuse me, your community, I consider to be some of the, the economic victims of climate change. You're sort of, um, any community now in California, <clears throat> that's going through, excuse me, I actually have COVID, so just give me a minute here. <laughs> Poor thing. Sorry to hear that. But I will say there is a streak of it going around right now, even yes, up here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I contracted it on my way back from an insurance convention. Oh, yeah. There you go. Last week in Seattle. Anyway, the bottom line is Bio tried to do a national data call to see where the insurance hotspots are. The states complained and said, no, that's our job. And fast forward to two weeks ago, finally, the states are saying, okay, we're going to do it. So they sort of blocked this federal data call, which is very frustrating for me. My organization was like, at the very least, can we be going here from a position of knowledge? Anyway, so so there's that turf battle where the states say this is our bailiwick and the feds so i think people need to write to their federal elected officials and say you need to be asserting more jurisdiction here over the insurance industry right now because because this is a federal issue it's not just a state issue right so the problems that your community is having people in florida and louisiana are having people in new york have been having our problem is acute but it's similar right so if you talk to people in louisiana they're going to tell you I'm paying 8,000 bucks a year for home, home insurance. I'm paying 10,000 and my company seems a little flim flam, to be honest. The insurance company that I'm paying, I'm paying more, getting less and or I'm in this state run plan, which is thin for what you pay, right? Very much what we've got going here with the fair plan. So these problems are very, I mean, to say they're complicated doesn't give comfort to your listeners. <laughs> I know that, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. But but we've got to but we've got to fight. We've got to stand up and direct our energy somewhere, or nothing's going to happen. Is what I always right. feel. So the two main there's three main beacons of hope that we have, or I would say four. Wow. Um, and, then, and then and then and then I'll let you uh, say something if you want to interject. No, no, no. I'm just waiting to hear what these are. I, okay. I, I'm always number one. Number one. We have the fair plan in place. It's it's there. It's better than nothing. It's there. Okay. So. So you don't have to lose sleep thinking that you won't get insurance, right? You will get it through the fair plan. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be thin, but you can get it. So that's number one. So just, you know, that's a source of comfort. Number two, um, and, and number two beacon of hope is that we've seen insurers play this game before where they say we're leaving. We don't like this. We don't like that. 
they they can't it's they, you know, they can't resist California as a market. Come on, you know this is a very lucrative market for them, and it's a, and, and this is they're gonna they need the premium income, right? That's the gas that drives their car, right? So at some point they're gonna be like, okay, we gotta we gotta come back. And interestingly enough, Karen, we got an email that came in this morning that was a shocker from a consumer who said. Amazingly, Allstate just offered me a renewal policy, right? So I'm not saying that's like, you know, I'll call that a little shoot of green grass, right? Interesting, because we've been saying from the get-go, if at first you get a turn down, try try again, because the market is still, it's dynamic. So there's that, that second. Third beam of hope is that there is more talk now about creating a, what's called a what would be a public reinsurance facility, meaning a lot of what's driving this crisis right now is that the the reinsurance industry, which is above the the primary insurance industry. So so let's say so you're let's say your your farmers, you know, you have your coffers of your money that you have to pay claims for the policies that you that you've sold and the promises that you've made at farmers you've got a certain amount of money in reserve, right? In order to, to meet your solvency requirements with the, the state that you, that you really are prepared for a big one that would, that might hit all your customers at once, for example, um, you buy reinsurance. Okay. So part of the, but what's happening right now, one of the biggest drivers is, is that the reinsurance market, it's unregulated. And so they, it's prone to price swings, right? Mm-hmm. So if the reinsurers and they've been feeling, they've been getting hit as a result of climate changes, the, 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 the more severe cat, you know, catastrophic events associated with climate change, reinsurers are now having to pay out more than they used to in the past. They were used to just collecting the premiums and not paying, right? If you look at the California Earthquake Authority, when you see how much they've they've paid reinsurers and how little they've gotten back it's shocking so 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 we want there to be a some sort of um alternative to for insurance companies to buy retail reinsurance that will bring down prices and that will increase capacity so that's in the developing stages we could have it in the at the state where the where there would be some sort of contingent low interest loan available to to you know to an to an insurer um or at least to the fair plan start there um so that they wouldn't have to spend so much on reinsurance and that would help bring down the price of the fair plan policy so i'm pushing hard for that there also can be a a federal version so we have like so so that's where i think why you know so so a public reinsurance option is something that federal and state elected officials should be building ASAP. So that sounds, has- so wait a minute. That sounds to me like what they do with the banks, with the government uh, backing the banks with low income all stuff. So it's I mean, this, a little this, bit. It's a little bit but, like yeah, that. Yeah, that a sounds like a like good. Like- I- that sounds like a really great idea. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's so, so when so we what- so when we lobby our our uh, fed our federal uh, people, we should say. Consider this. Look at this. This would be a good thing. Right. So and right now, okay. right. Adam Schiff, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, uh, uh, is is crafting a proposal. Obviously, we need bipartisan. 
but he is working on on a vehicle. So there's that. He's definitely, you know, his team is hard at work. Good. There's a lot of sort of discussion groups going on. Good. And then the fourth beacon um, is that um, the governor and the insurance commissioner are right now in negotiations, apparently, with the legislature here in California. Um, Politico reported this yesterday that there are these discussions going on to try to work some sort of a deal out um, with insurers. Now, what that's going to look like is scary because the one thing I've heard is that there's sort of this general um, general idea that people in wildfire-prone areas are just going to have to get used to paying a lot more than they did because the risk is higher than we thought it was. Um, and that's very, very hard um, for us in these wildfire-prone areas because people are already getting hit with pretty severe premium increases. But the point is there are discussions going on right now in Sacramento that that with, between the governor, insurance commissioner Lara, and the California State Senate and Assembly. So this is the time when your listeners need to be speaking up and saying, okay, we will, we recognize that climate change is, is a thing. It's real. And we understand that we're all now looking at higher risk levels than we did in the past, but there needs to be a fair solution here that spreads it out over the whole state. And that doesn't make it impossible for us to continue to live where we live. Yeah. And the other thing is what I was going to say earlier is that I just heard of a escrow in the Bay area, in the city limits, uh, just around the Berkeley area, just outside of Berkeley area where they're, um, not being able to close the escrow because the new buyers can't find insurance. And we had talked about this last time about how this is going to impact it. Um, I talked to a senior in the Valley on the way to the station this morning and he said, this is going to, a lot of seniors that are on fixed incomes that own their homes still need to be insured and they're not going to be able to do that. And there we go with the homeless getting people out of their houses thing. I mean, it's kind of a circular kind of issue. It's just crazy. So anyway, let me just take a minute. My guest is Amy Bach. She is with United Policy Holders, um, United Policy Holders. Uh, it's a nonprofit. You can go to their website, which is wonderful. It's called uphelp.org. A lot of information there. Um, this is good to know be- about the state legislature because I had just read uh, a week or so ago that they were avoiding the issue. So it sounds like we, the listeners, and we, the voters, need to kick in and make sure that they aren't avoiding this issue. Correct? <laughs> so I just, yeah. Correct. And I think, look, they know, you know, you, you, you'd have to be, you'd have to have your head pretty deep in the sand these days as a legislator, not to know that your constituents are hurting from, from their, their home insurance premiums. But the, you know, the, the, the insurers are, um, you know, they, uh, they get to tell their story with all day, every day, yeah. right? They're in there, they're in the, the offices of, um, lobbying and, and, you know, climate change has given them a great excuse. <laughs> Yeah, to go right? back and yeah, no, really, and I, it's true. And they're they're they, these lobbyists get paid to do this. We, the consumers, on the other hand, are the ones that are suffering, and we just have to make our voices heard. So let's do, just do a little bit more coverage before I open up the lines. Um, 
one other thing I when I talked about is oh I lost my thing. Um, replace you had said, and this has come up on a couple of things I've seen on Facebook. The insurance company have to notify you how far ahead if they're canceling. I had seen 75 days, then I saw 45 days. If if the insurance company is going to cancel me, how far out do they have to give me notice? 75 days if they're non-renewing you, right? Okay. Which is meaning your policy is coming up for expiration, right? They're usually okay. like year a year-long contract, and they let you know we are not offering you a renewal. That that has to happen 75 days before the expiration of the policy. And if they are trying to cancel you in the middle of the contract, then that's a different, um, I think that's a different standard, although I, I need to double check that. So the only, the, it's very hard for them to cancel somebody in the middle of the policy period. They have to, there has to be, you have to not be paying your premium. You have to be cooking, they have to, you know, cooking meth on premises or whatever. Um, this, something dramatic. So it's generally, you're not going to, we're not really worrying. Your listeners don't need to be worrying about being canceled. It's, it's, it's a term of art in insurance. Non-renewal is the real, is the real issue, but people think of it as a cancellation. So it is 75 days because somebody online had said it was less than I was going to come no, back. 75 I, days. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because some people were real concerned about that was one of the questions came up. And then the other thing that I wanted to just get around is one of the things that um, I think we all need to take into, um, into account while we're doing this is like my place is paid off. I live on a limited income. You have to, you have to sit down with your family and your partner and decide how much risk you can take. Because one of the things you can do to lower your premiums or to get it is to have a high deductible, correct? So, so what are some of the things we should all be considering when we're looking at getting insurance or maybe just, just deciding we can't afford it? Um, so what, um, you know, I remember I was, I was fascinated when you, reveal that you don't have insurance never been able to do it have i live seven and a half miles back a dirt road on you know never never had it never can get it period well you know so so (laughs) the you know the short answer is of course it it's an it's incredibly risky to go without you know without insurance if if obviously if you're um for most people, their home is their biggest asset, right? Most people have a mortgage. Most people, you know, if they were to lose their house, that would be their, you know, most of their net worth would, you know, would be gone. Now, um, that, that said, um, you know, the, the, um, like the, there are some products. There's something called parametric. Um, and I, you know, I have to, I have to go back and, and see whether, um, whether whether it's actually already available or whether they're just sort of talking about making it available which would give you it's a it's a it's not really insurance it's a product call that what's called parametric insurance but it's it's um it's a contract where you pay let's it like eh, 300 bucks a year and if um uh if you if the if there's uh an event within a certain set geographic perimeter Related to your house. I mean, in other words, if your house is in within certain distance from a wildfire, for example, or distance from a, the epicenter of an earthquake, a, ten thousand bucks or twenty thousand bucks gets automatically put into your account. So it's for some people, if they're you know a parametric um, product 
could be a, a, a nice um, help, affordable, some source of, of, of some money. Um, but, but honestly, Karen, you know, that one of our biggest concerns here is that we're hearing about more and more people going bare and, and there is a lot of mis misinformation out there about what money you could get from FEMA if you, you know, in the event of a disaster, it's not nearly what people would think it would be. It's not enough to rebuild a house. Okay, so that's an issue there. That so that because I know a lot of people think about the FEMA thing. Yeah, I mean, I've just let I've just lived with the knowing that I'm pretty much on my own, and I think there's a lot of people in the hills of Mendocino County that are doing the same thing. So I think each each individual has to look at their situation, see what they can afford, what they can't afford, and then deductibilities is one thing you're looking at. Um, I guess one of the other concerns I've had, and I maybe you can give us some feedback on that, is I've been hearing that people have we. We up here are all really good about hardening our situations about uh, we have our, you know, fire safe council and we're all working together to clear roads and get, you know, clearing around our houses and stuff. So a lot of people are doing what you call hardening their situations. And it seems like the insurance companies aren't even reacting to that. They don't care. They don't. I guess they don't have to care because they kind of control it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I we probably talked about this last time. When this this problem that we're talking about today, yeah, really started to manifest in 2016, it, it just we started seeing it, and my organization, along with um, our our statewide network here in California of great people who are running fire safe, you know, volunteering with their fire safe councils, or who are who have worked to get their community to be fire wise, or all those all the great work that's being done all over the the state to reduce wildfire risk. Um, we were kind of trying to get the attention of public officials. We, I, I did, a, you know, many presentations sort of trying to sound the alarm to at the federal level, the state level um, that, that, that we have a situation here that's developing where insurers are overreacting um, to the, to the, tech tools that are now using drone imagery, algorithms, all kinds of risk data that they're now buying that's basically scaring them out of doing what they do, right? Um, we saw this coming in 2016. We we said, okay, everybody that is paying attention here knows that we need to be ex we, we need to get as many properties mitigated as possible, as many communities you know, to have a widespread adoption of mitigation programs and implementation. We need shaded fuel breaks. We need, you know, we need to be funding mitigation grants. We need, you know, there needs to be more and more focus among firefighting agencies on fire prevention, not just suppression, right? So I think that, that unfortunately, the situation... I guess had to get a lot worse before it gets better because um, we should have really already started building a, a a public reinsurance facility, a public risk model. Um, we should have those things already done, but I think, you know, we've had COVID, we have all, you know, inflation, the politics, the internet, people don't always focus um, where they need to. And the bottom line is right now, there's a tremendous amount of good work that's gone into mitigation in the last 
five, six years, right? There, those of us who, like I said, who are paying attention, um, have been really making progress. The problem is insurers, they are not, uh, they're not on the bandwagon yet because they are at, at their hearts data driven and they're sitting there saying, all right, California has mandated that we give discounts for wildfire risk reduction. So here's our new rate filing, right? All that stuff is happening right now at the Department of Insurance in California. They're looking at their discount filings to see are they are they fair. And then, then once they approve them or they get insurers to adjust their discounts, we should be seeing some rewards, right? The problem is insurers are sitting there going – these discounts have to be really low right now because we have not seen a community that's mitigated survive a mega fire. And once we see that, then we'll give a 15% discount, but we haven't seen it yet. So right now we'll give a, we'll give five, 5%. And of course, for most households, that's not going to be enough of a discount to make the premium affordable. I have to tell you, it just feels like we're at the mercy of these big corporations. I mean, I hate to say that, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not hearing anything from Sacramento from our, uh, you know, commissioner, insurance commissioner that's addressing this. I'm, I'm just, it's, it's like it's a free for all out there. It, well, that's what it feels like to I me. Don't but know. It's not really fair as to him. I mean, I know a lot of people <laughs> want to blame him. I know that, but I've been working with his team now for the whole time. I mean, they've, they've really, they're trying. Okay. Well, know. that's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that because right now I'm not hearing that and I'm just, I know that just everybody I know is so frustrated with this. So let me again say, um, I'm Karen Autobani. This is TKO. My guest today is Amy Bach. She's the executive director of United Policyholders. Um, great organization helping us, the consumers trying to deal with these big, big, insurance companies. Um, and they've got a great website, uh, up help. Dot org, Amy. You had I had promoted a survey that you had on your website. Is I checked in that survey still going? You still want people to go to your website and fill that out? So yes, you've, please. My information? Yes, please. Okay, good. <laughs> We're well, going to keep that open oh, at good. least till the end of the year. Good. Uh, we want to get as many responses as possible, so we have a nice big fat sample. Uh, it's uphelp.org backslash survey. That's all you need to do to get there. It shouldn't take you more than ten minutes. Great. To- the survey no that's really good because I, that's what we that's what i want to do and this is what's good like i said before mendocino county is really good at this kind of stuff when you tell us to go talk to our, our representatives we do it when you ask us to do a survey we more than do that so i am going to take the time now to open up the phone lines if you have a question or a comment make it short and sweet because we'd like to get as many people in on this incredible opportunity to talk with amy bach who has been doing this what 35 years Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> too long. <laughs> See, it's, when we get to this age and have done these things so long, it's like an, almost an embarrassment. Oh, my God, I've been doing it for so many years. All right, folks, 707-895-2448 for your questions. Um, and we will take our first caller this morning. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. What's your question? Good morning. Thank you. I wrote it down so that everybody can get in. Um, my question is, is um, when you've already had a fire in an area, like that should help have mitigated, you know, the rest of the risk for a long time to come. I think fires 
big fires happen about every 300 years, even less than earthquakes. So my question is, why aren't the marketing departments looking at this? Second question, insurance. I went to the meeting that Scott Crowdy held, and one of the things that I noticed right away is they started to show us some code violations um, directly directly. you know, related to like someone who would be on that job to write the codes off. One of the ones they spoke about was stucco not being sprayed under under the interior windowsills. And I don't see how that becomes our issue, especially after code violations for airplanes and trains and all the other code violations. So I think that's something that may need to be looked at. Um, third thing is it doesn't seem to be that they're knowledgeable enough. Why aren't they knowledgeable about some of the first alerts that we're doing around here? Like one of the um, the insurance person said, oh, the first thing you do is go for your phone. Well, a lot of us, we're putting up sirens. We have evacuation routes. And if their job is to mitigate, you know, personal injury and property, then um, this needs to be looked at. Uh, also, I think, and question number four, you know, why aren't they looking at that? And she, she kind of explained some of that there. Question number four is they seem to be disconnected in such extreme ways that, um, their testing that they showed everything had perimeter foundations. And so, like, we have a lot of buildings that don't have perimeter foundations. And I believe that's like the third or fourth question on the um, insurance policy when you go to get one is, do you have a perimeter foundation? So their own issues that they're having is data-driven right underneath them, and they're not looking at their own data, and that's my comment. Thank you. All right. Thank you. We're going to take that. Yeah, that was a whole list of questions, but some good ones. Um, All right. Did you write them down? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I I, I want to say a yeah. couple of things though that 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 the gentleman um, brought up. One is we are seeing um, uh, insurers using all kinds of excuses, right, for um, why you know why they're getting why they're non renewing people. So, you know, there was something in the paper about this somebody drained drained their pool and the and the insurance company found out and then that was the basis for them you know yeah saw that yeah what do you what what, what that's you know what's that doesn't make any sense we are hearing about insurers um nitpicking um and we and and the sort of that is part of what's happening here is that that they that the insurers have gone from one extreme to another, they the one the where they were had been will insure anything in its as is condition, right? We're not we don't we're not going out there to see your you know that you have a propane tank by your wood pile. We're not you know we're not gonna we're not looking at the condition of your roof. We're just happy to sell you insurance, right? Our agents agents you know game and because and now <laughs> we've gone from that to where we are now, which is. They're taking a magnifying glass. It, it's not it, to to your to properties, and they're and they're fine in their you know finding all. Of course, there's so many things that you if you want to if you want to find risks, particularly with rural older properties. There's plenty of them there um, that you can nitpick. That my you know my my our challenge right among our challenges is that 
there isn't a lot of, there aren't a lot of restrictions on insurers in terms of their justification for saying they're not going to, they're not going to renew a policy, right? It really, it just has to be, it just can't be discriminatory or, um, uh, or illegal, right? It can't be, you know, on the basis of your color, race, religion, whatever. Um, and they have to be applying their underwriting rules equally, consistently, right? They can't say to one person, we're going to, you know, it's, it's okay for you to have, um, a shake roof and another person you can't, right? So that's that again, I, it's, it's not really a solution. It's, it's just more explaining what the problem is. What I think, um, and, and because the situation is so, it's so bad right now, I don't see the legislature imposing any new limits to say that, for example, an insurer cannot non-renew you because of a, of a code violation that you have fixed or something like that, right? So that's that's sort of one answer. Um, are there other pieces there, Karen, that you... Well, the only have? thing I was... Th- and you, you covered it there. That's what I was going to say. If, if the insurance companies are being nitpicky and you've been insured and all of a sudden they look back and say, oh my God, this house is old, it doesn't have the foundation, stuff that they didn't look at before, there is no recourse because the legislature, like you said, is not dealing with it. And, and they don't want to restrict the companies more because they're afraid more will leave, I guess, is well, what they're saying. That's exactly. That's and, what's and happening. Know. So, I, yeah, I, I guess the other part, too, is that because of that, even if we do harden our communities, even if we do do the things like this listener said, and I see going on in my neighborhoods of us hardening and working hard to get all these neighborhood watches and stuff, it doesn't seem like that's even going to have a, a impact because – the state's not saying you have to jump to. Well, it's going to eventually. Okay. It's going to. And then, like, for example, there is, you know, Senator McGuire. Good. Um, it has introduced a bill and my organization is supporting it. The Consumer Federation of America, Consumer Federation of California, Consumer Watchdog, all the consumer groups. Yeah. We're all supporting it that says that if you have mitigated your property, um, and to the, the safer from wildfire standard, uh, which is, which is, uh, we can talk about that. But if you've done that, that an insurer must offer you a, a new or renewal policy. That bill's been introduced. So, um, it's, it's, um, it is Senate Bill 672. Um, and again, you can, that's a, that's another thing. You can write to your, your, um, state senator and assembly person and say, please vote yes on 672. It hasn't even gotten a hearing yet, though. I mean, that's that's how that's how hot this issue right now is in Sacramento. That's a good way of putting it. That's hot. All right. So we're going to we're going to get another caller on because they're they're coming in. Hang on, Amy. Here we go. Good morning, caller. Whoops. Not you there. All right. So if you go on a call in 707-895-2448, I'm going to get another caller on. Good morning, caller. I hope right down Turn down your turn down your radio, and then I'll get it's you on. Off. It's off. Oh, there you go. Hi, welcome to the air. What's Hi. your question? So I'm uh, being non-renewed by for the third time, third insurance, mm. and my agent. I guess there's only a 30 day window or something to apply for the fair plan. So my agent said he'll be applying after the first of the month. I'm just wondering: is there any reason to 
is there any advantage for me to apply directly to the FAIR plan versus my agent applying for me to the FAIR plan? Great. Can you take that off the air? Uh, Sure. Thank you. She's going to turn up her radio. We've got a seven-second delay, but anyway. All right. Is there any any advantage to her for applying? Um, you know, I'm not sure that you, that, that they will process you directly, but, but, uh, without an agent, but it really, it shouldn't matter. You don't pay the commission. If they will sell you a policy without go- you going through an agent, um, then, you know, the, 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 what we have on our website, the low down on the, on low down from up on the fair plan, we can, you can find out what the options are, um, it for you know what what some of the enhancements are of, that are available through a fair plan policy, um, but basically there, there's no, no no harm in trying to do it yourself. I just don't know if they'll sell it to you without um, assigning you to an agent. And and again, the commission they pay the commission, you don't. So it really doesn't matter. The the point is like that a lot of agents for years and years and years would never want to put anybody in the fair plan right. because it's just not they're not familiar with it. So a lot of them. Some of them have gotten up to speed, but a lot of them don't actually are are really not up to speed on the fact that, for example, you can buy, you can buy replacement value coverage as opposed to depreciated value. You can buy an endorsement from the fair plan um, for theft and malicious vandalism. Like there are, there are some, some add-ons that you, that you want. So you can educate yourself at our website. Um, and go try to get, get get a quote on your own, or even if you have to go through an agent, that's okay. Yeah, I think rurally here, we've gotten so many people that have been canceled. Um, I checked around with a few of the agents. I think uh, most of our agents locally are up to speed because they're just working so hard yeah. trying to find stuff for people. But, okay, let's get back to the phones. We're going to get a caller on. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Your question. Good morning, Frank Hartel here. I live in a swamp less than a half mile from the ocean where no fire has burned in 150 years. And I was non-renewed by Liberty Mutual five years ago. And I found the same exact answer from every other company, often word for word. Can we talk about collusion? Um, I'm kind of screaming to myself here, uh, are we really getting help from advocates? You make the insurance companies sound much more reasonable than anything I have found. I'm not in a wildlife-prone area, and I can't buy insurance. And... You didn't mention how horrible it is to file a claim uh, than it was 10 years ago, even if you're not in the fair plan, which I'm in now, and it cost me $5,000 a year, and I had a tree fall down, and just I wouldn't even bother filing a claim. It's so incredibly difficult when you have the fair plan. Uh, I wrote a 3,000-word piece for Mendocino Real Estate Magazine about this and interviewed Ricardo Lara, who kept zero of his campaign promises uh, that he made back then. Um, to me, it's not about fire. It's about dishonest insurance companies finding using AI to sell insurance and fire all their adjusters. Because if adjusters came here, they would see how everybody here had cleared their trees. We had all done the California fire inspection. They won't look at any of that information. Why? Uh, it's not about fires. It's happening all over the world. They're AIing everything. They're firing all their staff, and they're saving a lot of money. And we're letting them do it with this smokescreen uh, that this is solely about fire. I also disagree with the portrayal of herd mentality. It's not that. It's collusion, pure and simple. Local brokers have told me that, and I think it's irrefutable that we're talking about secretly colluding to exclude anyone who might present the slightest risk, and that violates what insurance companies are chartered for under the regulated state of California. Unfortunately, our regulator doesn't seem interested. Uh, 
everything is about brush maps, and there is nothing a property owner can do to change those, even when you cut all the brush down. Unfortunately, they cut all the brush down here. Very bad for the environment. This place is never going to catch on fire. It's a swamp. Uh, but people did it, and it didn't accomplish anything. And, um, you know, we talk about frustration with insurance. Yeah, sure, I'm there. Um, I did the Cal Fire test, et cetera. All right. Good points, all of them. Thanks, Frank. Excellent, excellent points, and yeah. I want to assure you, um, I don't disagree with you on probably almost anything that you said, right? Yeah. First of all, you heard Karen say this whole situation, and I and I've been saying this now for quite a while, has shown us that our American uh, system of home ownership is relying very heavily on a private uh, sector. That is, that has now showed how we shouldn't be relying on them as heavily as we are, right? We don't have an alternative yet. We got to get that going, right? People are talking about, I've been talking about it, you know, we need an Affordable Care Act for property insurance, for example, with essential benefits. I mean, if I could tell you, sir, I, look, I have, I became an insurance consumer advocate because I saw how much power the insurance industry has over people's financial health. And and how much political power they wield. And, you know, I have watched, not, I I just watched, I have reacted to, I have tried to address uh, uh, through my organization, all our programs for now for decades, the fact that, that, you know, in the nineties, when a number of insurer, what one actually all state famously hired the business consulting firm McKinsey um, to design for them, um, a, uh, a what they called a claim was a was a claim core process redesign. Basically, give us a recipe for being more profitable. And what McKinsey said was that you should use claims as a profit center, meaning you should squeeze, you should stop, you should you should pay be more aggressive um, in in only paying what you absolutely have to pay. You should nip and you should do this, do that. What we and sort of like. That we started to see not that there was ever that much of a gentleman's agreement in in the insurance world, but it is in some senses uh, there has been that you know we and this is what I hear from people who've been who are retired from the industry. They say starting in the nineties, you know, the gloves came off, meaning and in fact there was a book called From Good Hands to Boxing Gloves that talks about how Allstate went from honoring their promises on you know to being to playing hardball on claims that that phenomenon is real um one of the you know my organization has multiple initiatives we have something called the risk project which stands for restoring insurance safety nets why because we see that you know whether it's because insurers are getting these recipes from from business consulting firms on how you can basically legally cheat your customers which is a very harsh way of saying it but it's there's some reality to it um they're business people right so, you know, just as you've seen business ethics kind of shift in the United States, Wolf of Wall Street, all of that, you know, this is a real thing, right? Where in where 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 now we see insurance companies, just like you said, they've laid off a lot of their human adjusters and they they keep talking about, oh, we can do touchless adjusting, we can use, you know, this this technology and you know, we can use um, cameras and, 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 you know, exactimate estimate, you know, to, to instead of human beings and we can, you know, and, and we're seeing, um, 
and this is this is separate from the crisis that we're ta- here talking about. I mean, you know, my organization has been out there saying, hey, hey, regulators, hey, Federal Reserve, hey, you know, hey, uh, Congress and, 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 and state legislatures. We've got a situation here where, you know, whether you could call it an overreaction, you can call it collusion. I, I have no doubt that there have been meetings between insurance execs where they said, oh, boy, you know, um, you know, we're all like this climate change thing. We're, we're really going to have to all um, raise our prices and, you know, all that stuff. I'm sure that's that's happening. Um, and, and, and just to, to, to put one last point on it, you know, when I was a young lawyer, before I even helped form UP, uh, I worked as an intern in the California State Attorney General's office on a antitrust suit against a whole bunch of insurers saying that they had colluded to <coughs> influence um, the American um, property insurance market in a, in a certain context. So what you're saying is right. It's real. Well, um, but it, don't, it's not Lara. It is not the commissioner. I don't, okay. I don't, it's not his fault. Well, the other thing I want to say too, or just mention, I don't believe that any of these insurance companies have lessened their profits either. I mean, I think their profits are as well as they were doing 10 years ago, if not better, correct? Well, you know, there's, they say no. They, they say, say no. Yeah, I'd like to see them prove that. All right, we're going to get another caller on because that's what this show is about. Hang on, here we go. Caller, you're on the air with us. Your question. Nope, not baby there. We're going to try a different one. Caller, you're on the air. Your question. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for your program. I'm sorry, I guess I'm echoing. No, there you go. So now you got your radio off. What's your question, ma'am? Okay. Um, Whoa. Wait, I got something going on here. I'm going to have to drop you. Okay, let me see. Are you there now? Okay, I am. There you are. Um, thank you. So I used to work for an insurance company in Boston, and they love group insurance. And I've just been wondering about the concept of possibly having maybe uh, county group insurance um, so the insurance companies get the money and the people get the help, or maybe city group insurance um, in the fire areas so that um, everyone is served. So Bundling it all thought. together? Bundling it all together. Yeah, yeah. For, um, either... Cities or counties or, or even states. Great, great, great question. Let me let, let's get that out there. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly another area we, that that needs quick focus and innovation is like community risk pools or and 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 this is I, there's one experiment going on in New York City of sort of a um, a community flood risk pool because. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of problems with the flood program, not blah, blah, blah. So the, you know, at, at its heart, right? Insurance is the concept is a, it's a beautiful thing in that we, we're all sharing, we all have risk, right? And we're putting our fate together in a big pool and we're putting our money into a big pool and, you know, hoping nothing happens and we won't have to pull our money out and whatever. We won't need it. That, that's kind of the core of it. Obviously the for profit aspect of it is. That insurers, in in theory, have been good at taking the pool and investing it, and of course, you know, and making our money grow, and then 
you know, the idea is not everybody tries, not everyone has a loss. Obviously, look, most people never do. Uh, at least they don't have a big one. Um, so, you know, that, that's what allows the pool to grow and the whole, you know, complicated insurance math. I have not heard, like, I keep on throwing these, these ideas out there of like, what about, you know, what about, uh, the rural county representatives of California, RCRC? What, what if, what if the counties, all the rural counties get together and, create some sort of, you know, publicly supported pool. Again, this is all math. It's all politics and money. So um, because how do you make the pot grow fast enough, safe enough? How do you decide who get, you know, w- you know, who gets to pull out of it? You know, who, who get, you know, wh- whose claim is more meritorious. It's, it's all, I mean, it's just, it sounds good. And I, and I want to see it happening. Um, but I have not heard of anyone who is hardcore advancing a concept. There are things called risk retention groups. There are things called captives. You know, for a while there, when doctors couldn't get insur- malpractice insurance, they went ahead and formed Physicians Mutual Insurance Company. So, so those solutions are coming. They have to be coming because when you get realtors now involved and you get developers involved and you get elected officials and you get homeowners there has to be a solution coming out here. We cannot keep going this way. Yeah, I know. And more people are getting um, excited about this, especially the realtors. When you start talking about people not being able to get mortgages and people not being able to sell their houses and do that and get financing, it's going to bring in a whole different group of people that need to deal with this. Um, we, we've only got about f- uh, three minutes left, but I wanted to ask you just to tell people about your website and what they can find there because it is a wealth of information. So just highlight a few of the things they can find there. Thank you so much, Karen. Um, and your, and the questions have been great. Um, your, your community is amazing, but of course I knew that having visited in <laughs> many times. Come up anytime. Uh, we'll take care of you. Oh, thank you. So, okay. So the uphelp.org, we've got, um, we've got buying tips. We've got, um, uh, mitigation tips. We have um, blogs that that sort of for those of you who are interested in the political stuff, you know, you you want to go to up in the media. You can see, um, you know, some of the the media coverage of the work we're doing. You can go to see what um, initiatives we're advancing. I talked to you about the risk initiative, the RAP, the the wildfire risk reduction, asset protection. One of the really um, useful things you can go to at our website is if you go to uphelp.org backslash capital W-R-A-P, you will find that we have a resource center um, where you can see what mitigation grants are available in your area, who's doing the work. I mean, I think there's a lot of awareness in your community about mitigation. Um, but again, looking at where's wh- what funding is available, um, there, we have some some links there as well. So um, that's kind of a summary. You know, we've got the buying, and then and then you know, just one last thing. Yeah, no, we've got our the- main. I mean, really, like we're spending a lot of time here talking about preparedness. We're talking about right. buying, right? The the meat and potatoes that our organization has been putting out for thirty two years really is focused on making sure that you get a fair get treated fairly in the event that you have a loss and you file a claim. So that really is where most of my team is focused. So we are on Maui right now. We have a one of our um somebody who's on our staff who lost a home in a wildfire. We sent her over, she's there. We we have a if god forbid any of your listeners have a loss, 
our website is a phenomenal place to go just to get oriented on what are my rights, what are my avenues of help, how should this thing be going, how should my claim be be handled, and who can help me if it's not going the right way. Great. Yeah, I mean, it is such a convoluted thing, and it feels like we all just need to get more educated about this because um, it's gotten so bad. It's gotten so bad that we have to take the time to educate ourselves on this. Amy Bach, thank you so much for taking the time and helping us inform Mendocino County. I can't tell you how important these things are to our community. And um, keep up the great work. And folks, go to this website. It is an incredible website. So, Amy, thanks so much for coming on again. And keep up the great work. I hope you feel better. Thank you, Karen. And and just so your listeners know, I sure do wish I had a magic wand here. Um, but, but if it gives you comfort, there are people working very, very hard to solve this problem. Um, and and um, ultimately, yeah, I mean, it is the insurance company executives that are really to, to blame here. It is not, you know, it's not your elected officials. It's really those decision makers. And uh, I will say we all need to make our voices heard. Hey, Amy, have a great day. Take care of yourself and come visit us up here. Let me know when you're coming up. Thanks, Karen. I Thanks a lot. To. Have a great day. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.